Hello, and welcome to 20,000 Leagues Under the Internet. Dive. Dive. You're listening to 20,000 Leagues Under the Internet, a podcast where three friends explore online communities of the weird and strange phenomena from the deepest depths of the internet. Captain, we've gone too far. Welcome to another episode of 20,000 Leagues Under the Internet. I am your captain this week, Harlan Spinks, uh, and joined with me, as always, are Kyle Luck and John Carr. Kyle, go ahead and say hi. Hi. John, your turn, baby. Howdy. Um, so Sorry, we were just... that was really weird. <laughs> can you do that again, John? Harlan, can you set him up, and John, can you try that again, please? Yeah. Uh, join with me as always are my f- is we're just doing John John Carr John say hello <laughs> uh, <laughs> no! that no! was so much worse okay I thought that. you choked back to the top <laughs> alright one more time John Carr say hello <laughs> Oh my yeah. god. Well, <laughs> howdy! It's Mr. <laughs> Scream. Dis- in the Discord chat, it just went blank. It just yeah. muted. John, you were like, ow! <laughs> yeah, like you totally cut. I mean, obviously, GarageBand got all that. Oh, it's peaked, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's going to it's gonna bottom out. Great. Just like that. So, um, fast, quick and hot intro because uh, we were just talking before recording about a hot and ready situation that I had um uh, everybody knows little caesars everybody knows <laughs> everybody knows about their hot and readies um and i went to a hot and ready i no, i went to a little caesars to yeah. get a hot and ready <laughs> see that's the thing they're so oh, they're so hand in hand that you may mm-hmm. as well just call it i went to hot and ready yeah exactly I went to hot and ready it it sounds like a sauna or like rest stop hot and ready you know does like, it to- to me, it I, just sounds like microwave burritos in a fucking hot fridge. Yeah, just I grab them. There's something poop related with the term <laughs> hot and ready that I Why? always think. Because that's how I feel every time right before I have to take a shit. Oh, man. I can think you imagine? I'm hot and ready, baby. No, no, to me, it's like, hey, guys, can you guys watch the floor for a minute? I got a hot and ready. A hot. I've got mm. a hot and ready. <laughs> I got a hot one ready. I hot got a hot one ready. one ready. I got a hot one queued I, up and it's ready. Yeah, but it's implied that it you have one. You've Look, got just, a hot and ready. Just keep adding words so you have a full sentence. Anyway, so I went to this little Caesars, guys, and waited 20 minutes for a fucking hot and ready. And John so eloquently put it, it was neither hot nor ready. It was neither yeah, hot nor ready. Yeah, it was a major letdown because it was the first time I had ever Cold ordered a and hot late. and ready. Yeah, cold and late. A cold and late. So I, I want to go out on a limb here and say that that is a subpar um, franchise establishment of Little Caesars. Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't think so because it was in Carpinteria, which I don't know if anybody knows where that is. It's kind of like a... Really where I grew up. Yeah, okay. You know it's where John, it's at. It's exactly hometown. where it's at. So it was there. One, why the fuck is there a, a hot and ready in Carpinteria? Okay. But two, because the people sh- got to eat. I just shouldn't say. it be the best one? Like that's not like some backwoods shithole town. Look, not to rip on Carpinteria, but the short we sh- we shortened that by calling it Carp. Yeah, you yeah. Call so, Carp. You call it Carp. I, okay, not from there. So no, continue though, John. Mean, you're it's, 
already doesn't have much going for it. John, please continue. I I mean, I have there's everyone that is born there is still living there. So it it isn't like a big metropolitan area. Mm-hmm. It it's is a very it one is road very town. Very small town. Um but I mean I do sympathize with the fact that you would hope that a place that should advertise as hot and ready is hot and ready. Yes. But Carpinteria has certain uh Carp. They call it carp, Kyle? Sure, yeah. So, carp, California, has certain <laughs> expectations as to the quality it's of the world's safest Caesars. beach. Right. World's safest beach. Santa's Village is right there. Yeah. Santa's, Santa's Village Lane. is right there. Yeah, if you've got those two things, your little Caesars better have hot and ready. It better be fucking bumping. It better be like yeah. fucking Satan's furnace in that bitch. Yes, exactly. Uh, so that was our little Caesars, uh, rant. Is this a pizza time? Maybe a cheese time? We didn't really talk about cheese. Guys, I'm not doing a bumper for cheese corner again. Yeah. Can you do a bumper for, uh, carp hot and ready's? Let's call it a fucking, <laughs> the weekly slice. Okay. There we go. We, we're going to run away with this and it's going to be, everything's <laughs> going to need a sound bite and a bumper and we're going to be right back into the last podcast that we had. <laughs> right it's true there was too many bumpers too many bumpers i I can't keep up i think we're getting better at at least not describing the sound in quite as much detail as we used to but i could be wrong i have a lot of creative freedom with this one yeah yeah if you figure that shit out (laughs) because nothing's on the record yeah your bumper (laughs) um anyways so i want (laughs) to quickly i have uh, we have a main topic uh that i'm gonna present to you guys as I am the captain, but I also quickly just want to talk about Catch of the week. something that came to my attention that has been going on for seven years on the internet that I didn't know about. I think it's actually maybe only been, um, uh, well, let me tell you what it is. Do you guys know about Fat Bear Week? What in the hell? Fat Bear Week? No. Fat Bear Week. So Never heard of in, that. There's an in, entire week about fat bears? Yes. So if you're not familiar with like the hibernation habits, kind of, uh, if you're not familiar with the hibernation habits of brown bears in Alaska, <laughs> this is the time where they are preparing. <laughs> Listen, if you're not up to par, up to speed with this pretty specific There's, hi- hibernation sure that, pattern, there has to be an app that's tracking it. <laughs> Well, there's a whole website and a March Madness style uh, uh, tournament that happens. What are they okay. tracking? What are the brackets? They're tracking how fat these fucking bears have gotten since spring. I'm in. Oh, because hot- is there money involved? Are they gambling? No, it's just a fun thing. Um, Why isn't there gambling? Okay, that's how we can improve <laughs> upon this. And because talk- it's Kyle, a dot, do- I got ten bucks on this. Yeah, talk to there's- me after the show. There's no gambling because it's a dot org website. Uh, I well, think they're trying you know? to save the bears. Mm, huh? mm, yeah, mm, you mm. might be able to donate, then that could feel like it. Although you wouldn't win anything, you would but win. Harland, how do I? Profit you could gamble. Off of this? You could gamble on this. You could. <laughs> you could gamble on the side with your friends because, like I said, there is a playoff type chart of all the fat bears. Um, so all <laughs> these it. bears. So all these bears are getting ready to go into hibernation. So they have photos of the bears in like the spring when they wake up out of hibernation and Uh they put up what they used to look like compared to what they look like today, right now. And then you vote who your favorite bear is. And um, it's been going on for four years and you can go to the website and you can vote. And I just quickly want to um, 
go oh my god there's a fat bear junior i missed that one earlier today see uh, what's funny that's about actually this, my order that's actually Sorry. my order at burger king <laughs> what was your question kyle what what's funny about this is we're like we're doing this as the catch of the week this is the exact kind of thing i would stretch into a full-on episode <laughs> think, think about my recent topics i take yeah, a small thing and just really spend a lot of time on it yeah i mean it's it, what i have described is basically the meat of this Right. topic um, the meat of the fat. you vote for fat bears i just quickly want to go over some of the the last couple of years uh winners um let's see where can i f- sorry i was looking at this earlier and i need to find it uh meet fat bear jr that's not what i want um we might you're have to the, you're just cruising the website yeah i'm on the website uh fuck mm-hmm. hall of champions there we go i found it okay <laughs> so in 2014 uh bear number four zero four eight zero uh also known as otis one um uh they don't unfortunately they obviously you can't weigh one of these bears um but i really wanted to see their weight like right you know kilograms or something yeah but they don't have those so it just has the the bears and then uh 2015 bear number four zero nine bead nose one and then in 2016 fucking otis came back hell yeah and in 2017 he fucking came back again baby whoa okay my man otis is holding it down but the usurper returned in 2018 bead nose and then it's just two bears so just well fat fucking bears just going (laughs) jump rope and championships i mean it's only been going on for a couple years so you know but 2019 and bears don't live very long um that's true otis's reign is by default gonna be short yeah he's a three-time champion dude um uh so and then 2019 holly not a great name but my favorite (laughs) one because all these bears have like numbers associated with like tagging numbers i assume Uh In 2020, um, Bear 747 won. Like an airplane. But he has no name associated with it. So I think they just kept it 747 because he's he's as big as a fucking airplane. Yeah. Bring in Bear 747. So it sounds uh, like a superhero villain. Yeah. So uh, those are some of the bears that are uh, that have won. Right now, I think a favorite in uh, this year is Chunk. Um, okay. bear number yeah. 32 yeah, no, that makes sense yeah look i have to ask when when does this end um Never, october october 5th is when um hibernation starts okay. for them can we just do a little check back on this and see if chunk pulled it out or totally totally yeah because i have themselves. they have stats so give us yeah give us a, give us the rundown so they then. have stats from september 29th september 30th um okay. it, it was today. it was a head 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 to head with uh grazer and holly uh and looks like grazer won that by uh almost twenty five thousand votes um and then on the other end i don't know how fucking betting or march madness works but it was also that week walker and popeye and walker won by almost fifty thousand votes wow so that's where we're at right next is going to be walker v holly uh walker uh verse chunk i've got here because walker there's other chunk. 
September 30th, there's Bear 131 and 812. These ones don't have names, Look, unfortunately. You're going to so. need to send us the bracket if we're going to bet on this. John's already getting <laughs> lost in the brackets over here. Can you just can, talk to me after the show? But we should we should actually touch base on this. Yeah, totally. If, I, yeah, if, this I, is, if I can put money on the finales here, I'm, I'm into it. This well, is September 30th right now as we're recording. Right? Today's, yeah, yeah, September yeah. 30th. This is good. It's every day they're doing this, though. So the Fat oh, Bear, it all it all ends on Fat Bear Tuesday, which is October 5th. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I forgot <laughs> to mention it ends on <laughs> Fat How Bear Tuesday. This? Okay. Okay. I know we have a whole other topic to get to, but I have some questions. But <laughs> I, I think we can, we can forego it. Maybe we do a deeper look at this <laughs> in the future. We can. We'll revisit it next week. Good God. <laughs> yeah. Fat Bear cool. Tuesday. So, Fat Bear Tuesday. Fat Bear Tuesday. Uh, you can check this out uh, at explore.org slash Fat Bear Week. Oh, my um, God. And I definitely voted uh, today. So you should go vote, too. Yeah. Cool. So uh, moving on to the the main topic this week. Um, I had a bunch of ideas. I didn't really know what I wanted to talk about. They were all... And as I started looking into them, I was like, these are either so incredibly deep that pulling highlights or basic information was going to be a nightmare for me, or they just didn't have enough. Mm-hmm. And I realized when I saw a TikTok video, I was like, oh, I know exactly what I'm going to do. And what we're going to talk about is parasocial relationships, specifically in the internet age. Mm-hmm. So let's dive in. So, um, I don't know if you guys know what parasocial relationships are, um, nope. but they have become much more abundant and prevalent in the internet age. I will be honest. Basic- I had to Google yeah. that shit. Yeah. So, uh, parasocial, they're basically one-sided relationships that people experience with like a celebrity or a persona. By the way, I'm going to use the word persona here pretty uh broadly to include celebrities musicians comedians anyone that has some sort of fame or infamy that has a large following so when i Uh say persona that's kind of what i mean and then when i say viewer it's the audience or the people who you know are a fan of that person Mm -hmm. just to clear up terms here (laughs) sounds good the term was actually coined back in 1956 by donald horton and richard uh Whirl Horl. I think I spelled his name. I, I <laughs> spelled like a lot his... of H's and W's. Ho, 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 it's ho. just it's just one of each, okay. but it's hard. Uh, so Don and Richard, um, and they defined it as a kind of psychological relationship experienced by members of an audience in their mediated encounters with certain performers in the mass media, particularly on television. So this was a different time. We didn't. Uh, I don't know if you guys knew there was no internet in 1956, but there was a lot of TV. Uh huh. Yeah. 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 So, like I said, they're basically like one-sided relationships where one person extends like their emotional energy and interest and time, and the other person, the persona, mm-hmm. is completely unaware of that other's existence. Not you know in a spe- very specific way. Like they'll know of their fan base. But they don't know little Sally that's listening to their record, right? Right. Yeah. But little Sally knows everything about this persona. Yeah. <clears throat> Man, I um, think of so many examples of this now, understanding what, what the concept is. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so something like being a fan and having a parasocial attachment are kind of two different things, right? Like you can be a fan of something, but it's kind of about how it it's making the viewer feel like, uh, uh, let's see, Wendy Gardner. I have a quote here. Uh, Northwestern university social psychology professor says it's not the amount of time you spend thinking about the person that makes it a parasocial relationships. It's the way you're feeling. So feelings like deep intimacy being felt toward the persona is a parasocial relationship. Mm -hmm. Someone who just consumes their content and moves along with their day, you're a fan. Yeah, 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 yeah. There is a big distinction. I I do have a story. Well, I don't know if I'll tell it right now. Maybe it'll be more appropriate later. But I when I was reading through... Tell it right now. Go for it. When I was reading through... Because you were like, hey consider i gave you guys a heads up yeah yeah and uh, i was like i don't know what that is so i went and like looked it up and immediately was like oh i think i did this with i think <laughs> i think i was this per like this really? teenager oh um, totally um uh specifically with the guitar player from afi got it i like loved that dude to the point where i fucking i, I think about this sometimes when i'm falling asleep you know like right when you're about to fall asleep and then uh you're like god everything's gonna be okay then you remember that one thing and then it's gonna just hey literally every night yeah so oftentimes this comes up in mind and now i'm sharing it with you our (laughs) uh the reader so many actually exponentially increasing listeners uh (laughs) (laughs) if we're being honest and talking numbers it's exponentially increasing it's great uh yeah the the sheer fact that i a teenage boy went online to the interweb and mm-hmm. used ask jeeves to find uh <laughs> what that's wait <laughs> why ask jeeves i was going dark web baby boy uh, <laughs> no one checks ask jeeves servers I'm gonna, go, I'm gonna go off the grid with this one <laughs> i don't want google know what i'm looking for anyways hey, buddy, uh, it can you do me a favor it legitimately jeeves, get me off the grid <laughs> It legitimately <laughs> may have been Yahoo, not Google, in the, at this time in my life, because I had it. I had a, I was a Yahoo email guy growing up. So, <laughs> anyways, we don't have to get into search engine wars, but I I did like use the internet to find the email address of famous punk rock guitar player uh, Jade. Uh, I don't know if it's Puget or Puget or Pudget or whatever the fuck Puget. is whatever. Yeah, Puget. I don't know how his last name is pronounced. Uh, which is weird because I basically stalked him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, how do you not know this one fact? But here's, here's <laughs> that, that was the that was the ini- that was the opening email. <laughs> hey, quick question: Can you spell your last name phonetically for me? Also, love you very, very much, dude. It guys, guys, it was like I'll see you soon. Can you imagine? <laughs> can you fucking imagine getting an email like it's your personal email, and you're like maybe about to be a pretty famous rock star, but then yeah. you get to the point where. Fifteen-year-old dude is like emailing you, be like, "Hey, man, found your email on this forum. Hey, I'm about to buy a new guitar. What do you think about this option or this option?" Just like asking this dude things, and he was like, he didn't have to respond, but he fucking did for a while. Yeah. So the so the really cool that is actually pretty cool on his part. Um, very weird on your part, but uh, (laughs) yeah, it really is. And uh, once again, it keeps me up at night. Jade, if you're listening, you're a rock star and we love you. And don't think about Kyle. I'm sure he thinks about you the way that <laughs> you think about him. 
He's like, man, I really shouldn't have responded to that 15-year-old kid. How incredible would it be if his thought is the thought that keeps him up at night that's like burned into his memory is this moment? Yeah. <laughs> incredible. He, uh, like, we can... he like regrets the advice that he gave you. He's like, man, I shouldn't have uh... told him an SG. Fuck. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, that actually reminds me too, like back then it was, you had to kind of go out of your way to, uh, to do this, right. To feel this connection, to get this connection. Whereas now today, like it's much easier for, uh, you know, viewers and fans to have those connections with these personas Yeah, because Twitter and Instagram and, and like shit. Reddit AMAs where they're voluntarily going on and being like hey ask me questions mm -hmm. whereas previously you had to find people's emails on the dark web from mr ask oh, jeeves yeah jeeves just give me the lowdown jeeves get me off the grid um so a couple of things on how parasocial relationships work is they expand the social network in a way that kind of negates the chance of rejection um right if you have that mm -hmm. sort of distance you don't really have to worry about that persona ever being like no i don't like you and i'm not stoked that you're emailing me about what guitar to buy like there isn't really that and it empowers individuals to model and identify with um individuals of their own choosing who naturally sort of elicit that empathetic response so like other people that ha you have something in common. You find another person that also likes Jade Puget. I'm. I guess I'm just going to be referencing your one little story. You know what? It's <laughs> this actually whole episode. Yes. It's actually a, keep doing it because it is. It's the starting point. It's before the internet was really the internet. Totally. You know I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's actually so, a good reference. Yeah. So you know, you find these other people that have common ground that have similar interests and. You're no longer, you're able to not only have that parasocial relationship with the persona, but then actually develop a real social circle that is probably healthier in some ways, right? With yeah. real people. I mean, before the internet, you had to, like, a lot of bands or celebrities or people like that would have, like, a P.O. box. Yeah. Send yeah. fan mail to. So it yeah. was, like, filtered to some degree. Mm -hmm. It wasn't, like, a direct into your, you know, pocket inbox. Yeah, a notification kind of in thing, your phone. You know? Yeah, exactly. Um, so they also provide some relief from like a strained, like strained complementary relationships that you might have in your life, like friendships or family members even that aren't super healthy. So you have this other thing where you eliminate those toxic relationships and you're like, I'm going to go listen to my Taylor Swift uh, and like watch her do an unboxing or whatever. And that will give me some... Uh, uh, you know, dopamine or whatever. Um, <clears throat> they also kind of resemble the, uh, you know, face-to-face -face relationships, but those are often cultivated by media to show you just one side of the persona. Like you're not getting the full picture. So you, there is that disconnect still. Um, and then over time, you know, you build a sense of intimacy, um, and friendship with this persona. Yeah. Um, obviously I, I said at the beginning that I wanted to talk about parasocial relationships in the internet age because it's much different than what, you know, 1956 when the term was coined and yeah. also very different from what Kyle, you experienced, um, because you've got 
you know, we mentioned a few, but like Instagram influencers, Mm -hmm. um, stream Twitch streamers is a huge one now. And probably the one that you can develop a parasocial relationship the easiest with because they stream for hours and hours. Some streamers are just live 24 hours a day. They can also interact with you live and say your name. Yeah. You have the chat and you can like donate and they'll, you can send them something to read or a link or whatever. Or where, or yeah. And they do, they also do PO box openings where like where John, like you said in the past, you'd be able to send fan mail and then like into the ether with these, they will get your shit and open it in front of everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so wild. It seems yeah. like I mean I get it. There's there's been consistently over the years an elevation into the level of vulnerability that you as a performer or as like a personality persona <laughs> have to like <laughs> kind of sacrifice to the public in order to be relevant, to be somebody who is desirable to want to interact with, and like that bar keeps getting raised, and yeah. it's it is like at a dangerous level at this point. Well, and and one of the things that I wanted to mention a couple of weeks ago, I just didn't know there it was basically a headline, a thing that happened, but there's a streamer that I don't like follow his Twitch stream. I'll watch some of his highlights and stuff is um this guy Hassan Piker and he's like a political commentary streamer. He talks about the news and things like that. And he's he's a socialist, like he's very very left-wing. And but he makes a bunch of money through Twitch and like that's his living now. Right. And he lives he's lived with his mom forever and he bought himself a new house and his mom like they still live in this house, but he spent like three million dollars on the house and he got a bunch of shit from even the people that watch his stream because he's a socialist and in their view, socialist can't have money. Mm -hmm. Socialist can't buy house. And it was like this whole thing where he had built up such a huge following that, you know, they know so much about you, even when you buy a house that if then they don't agree with what you're doing, they flip on you. You mean not everybody, but like the really toxic ones are the loudest ones. And I just, I remember seeing that and thinking like, Whoa, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> that fucking sucks. Um, <clears throat> he's He's gone on. He, I think he's doing a podcast with Ethan Klein at H3 right now. And I saw a clip where they're just making fun of like how big his house is. And he's like, oh, dude, it's fucking amazing. It's so big. It's palatious. Um, it's palatious. I like that. I'll check um, that out. <clears throat> speaking of podcast hosts, one of the other internet types of personas that are really pre- prevalent that people have yep. cultivate a huge podcast, uh, a huge uh, parasocial relationship around our podcast hosts, specifically like comedians. You know, like, I don't know if you guys are familiar with um, Ooh, your mom's I've house. A, I've got a whole story about this. Go ahead. Yeah. It, I, I don't know if you're familiar with your mom's house, the yeah. Tom Segura and Christina P podcast. Yeah. But like their fans and the relationships they have with their fans, like have been terrorizing the Garth Brooks Instagram account for years. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's, oh, baby. it's like a funny version of what I just talked about with Hassan Piker, where like Tom one time made a stupid joke that uh, Garth Brooks is a serial killer and asked him, where are the bodies? And so literally on every Garth Brooks post, people are commenting, where are the bodies, Garth? 
And oh my god. Yeah, it's and like I think he they banned him. But like there's fun stuff that comes from these parasocial relationships too, but it's <laughs> yeah, a fine line. Stuff. Murder accusations. Yeah. I mean, I think specifically with podcast people, it's easy to feel attached because like you I mean for me like I will give an example of my own experience with this so, like thank I got you John put yourself on the line too yeah <laughs> I got very into uh the last podcast on the left and oh yeah mm-hmm. loved listening to them uh on my way to work it was a very easy commute for me or on long road trips like and you you get a lot of insight into their daily lives and like especially their voice and so oh, I was my, working I story and I heard a very familiar voice at my bar and it happened to be during uh what was that comedy central festival in san francisco that they did oh like, fuck explosion fest or big fest yeah, or something i don't remember what it was mega called, but mega fest i don't what the yeah fuck? and so <laughs> last podcast was doing one of their stages or something like that and so i like perked up and i saw ben kissel sitting at my bar and the other bartender that I was working with was also a very big fan. And I was like, shit, it's fucking Ben Kissel. Like, I'd never <laughs> seen him before. I'd only heard his voice. And I had to, like, Google search to make sure it was the guy. And then we, like, <laughs> I know that voice anyway. He, like, bought, like, made little Mai Tai drinks and, like, served it to him. The woman that he was with, he's like, I didn't order these. Did you order these? And you're like, oh, no, we bought. We we made them for you as a little a little offering. We're we're both such big fans of the the podcast. Here you go, sir. Please enjoy these in my times. Please enjoy slowly these. turn into our offerings. Enjoy the fruits para- of my loins. Turn into a parasocial gremlin. Here's yeah, the and thing. Then I I golemed away. Yeah, <laughs> I think the interesting thing with podcasts too is that most of the time. You don't know what the person looks like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you have to do some serious internet research in order to yeah. find it out. Yeah, so it's like to stumble upon a TikTok of people looking at you. <laughs> right. <laughs> that is, uh, it, it is an active thing for some of these too. Like you have to, I mean, in most cases, right? Like sometimes you stumble upon something and you get really into it and then the parasocial aspect comes into play but it's like you are the one that is actively doing that yeah it's not the it's not the the persona that's doing it they're just making mm-hmm. content um which again is kind of it, the opposite of how like a, a social a normal social interaction it's like two ways right if you meet a new person you kind of both have to put in the effort to create a relationship right mm-hmm. you have to yeah. both and I have some lists of the differences between these, which we'll get to later. But, um, uh, yeah, uh, the, the 24 hour access thing and the constant content creation, um, definitely has increased the amount. I, I think, I don't know if there's been a study on this. I didn't, I didn't check for the studies. Somebody's got to no, be studying. It's a hundred percent. It has to be a hundred percent true. Yeah. Absolute increase. Um, so, um, Obviously, they've sort of transformed into these more interactive environments that we're talking about, allowing individuals to kind of communicate with the personas on a more intimate way and increasing that intimacy and that strength. And I, I pulled I, I have a couple examples of these from um, some of these personas that I'm a fan of. Um, and w- w- the first one here I want to touch on because I think it it's it calls out the parasocial relationship and how it can be toxic and how it is misunderstood by a lot of people who have these relationships. 
And it's from Bo Burnham, and it's in one of his specials. I think it's in Make Happy, and he says, mm. I think it's towards the end of the special, quote, I don't love my fans. You don't want that. You don't want that desperate sort of cloying thing from an entertainment. My fans, oh, they stick with me through everything, through thick and thin. Do not stick with me through thick and thin. If I stop entertaining you, throw me to the curb. You wouldn't stick with your mechanic if you stopped fixing your car. I'm in a certain... <laughs> I'm in a service industry. I'm just overpaid, okay? I feel like a lot of artists, pop artists especially, sort of infringe upon the responsibilities that just aren't theirs in terms of their audience, maintaining their audience at an emotional level. Some of you might be sad and going through things. I feel for that. Life is tough. I'm not going to fix that with a song like Brave or Roar. Um, <laughs> got him. Yeah, so his his... Uh, content his persona is very anti this parasocial relationship and um, I think it's something to respect and to uh, like you know watch his content for that to kind of get the other side that all these other personas don't really touch on all that much like every special that he's ever done even the newest one talks about some of this stuff in mm -hmm. one way or another um, you know without straight up saying this is about parasocial relationships right right yeah because that wouldn't be funny um <laughs> but um again they're not necessarily bad but they can turn toxic there have been studies that show parasocial relationships like i said are voluntary they do provide um companionship and are influenced by social attraction uh viewers experience a connection with the personas and express feelings of affection gratitude longing encouragement and loyalty but if the viewer feels the persona isn't living up to the idealized version they've created, the viewer can quickly turn on the persona, which, again, <sighs> I just I mentioned just a minute ago. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> I have a question, and I don't know if this is going to be something that you're going to cover. Yeah, what, what's up? Did you come upon this topic because John Hinckley Jr. is going to get released soon? No. Okay. Do you know what I'm referencing? Is no, I don't. Is that a murderer? Uh, yeah. Well, kind of. He John is just okay. Keep going. Sorry. He attempted to assassinate Ronald Reagan. Ah, but it was because of his obsession with Jodie Foster. Like, right? There's a right. Jodie Foster told thing. me to do it or something. Yeah. Yeah. Because he got obsessed with her in Taxi Driver. Well, and the, a similar thing happened with the guy that shot uh, John Lennon. Right? He read catcher in the rye or something and was like yeah. i need to kill john lennon <laughs> mm -hmm. i uh i've had a front row seat to some pretty unhealthy parasocial relationships for some years now but i didn't even realize <clears throat> i i didn't know there was a name for this until you sent right. me the word <laughs> the well and one of these next examples of this specifically like the turn right um on the persona i've sent you and i think we've talked about this um is about the McElroys. Like we've talked about the McElroys on this podcast yeah. before. And it's the perfect example of of this. Because the McElroys have always kind of created like this good natured, silly, nerd, like innocent, I don't know, like I'm so sheltered. I grew up in like church camp, but like now I'm not, you know, a church person sort mm -hmm. of vibe. And um and they've always kind of stood up for or at least tried to champion sort of disenfranchised groups of people or, um, uh, you know, smaller subsets of of the outsider, 
archetype, right? And but they've been doing this for fucking 10 years and they've made mistakes along the way and they've they've like called themselves out and been like hey we fucked up like the furry situation yeah like, that, was er- that was early that, <laughs> that was, was a yeah. big first learning <clears throat> yeah and so um but over the uh, uh the a couple like the more recent years there have been things that like again through just learning about these people hearing them talk about their opinions and their beliefs and seeing them make different types of content and how they're still a couple of white guys like these are mistakes that any of us probably could make any of us being the three of us you know any three of us can make this mistake (laughs) probably me i mean this this first one i don't think we any of us would make this mistake but um one of the things that like where the viewers kind of turned on their persona was when justin made a pretty tone deaf interpretation of like a, an Inuit character for D and D that they were playing. Mm. Um, and people were like, um, Hey, Justin, like, don't do that. What are you doing? And yeah. he kind of doubled down on it. Um, Travis has always kind of been the most outspoken one in terms of stuff like this. He one time tweeted, um, uh, wouldn't mind holding Harry Styles hand. And, I'm surprised I'm not bisexual. And like, he's always talked about how he's, he's a straight cis man, but he is more on the flamboyant side. He like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, dyes his hair, does paints his nails, wears dresses, things like that, which that, that doesn't mean anything. Right. Mm-hmm. That's just how he expresses it, himself. Yeah. It but means by, literally nothing. Yeah. But by saying weird, like uh, attention seeking stuff like this, like yeah, why would you ever in, it's inflammatory yeah why would you ever tweet something like that um and then as a whole they've they employed like the no bummers ethos where like they didn't want to answer questions anymore that were like sad but it's like that's part of you've always done that and it, it just seemed like an overcorrection you know hmm, to do the no bummers thing that people were not stoked on they got kind of criticized for it and just their in general performative allyship in basically every season of their D and D podcast, hmm. which I get Perform- totally get. You, wait, hold on a second. You say performative allyship as in it's a performance, not an actual allyship. Is that what you're saying? Well, like, um, like putting on the illusion that being an ally is it, there's no action to it right it's like a uh what's the word i'm looking for um uh like masquerading as an ally okay. by these small like in um what the fuck uh graduation their D podcast where mm-hmm. he wanted to make sure that the fucking monster that they were beating the shit out of every time and then wiping <laughs> its memory was like, oh, nobody lives a good life. Everything's fine, or whatever it is. Yeah, it's like stuff the, like the, that. It was the the horse or unicorn or something they were yeah, beating and, the fuck up. And it's like in a fantasy thing, it, it, it's, yeah, problematic. It's yeah. Small, these small little things that the their viewer over time saw as, or they considered like out of line with what the McElroys have sort of put themselves up as these allies and then not not living up to that when they've always been the people to call themselves out and be like hey we fucked up 
yeah. you know um uh vice wrote an article actually about some of this stuff called everyone loves the McElroys, so why is everyone mad at the McElroys? <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's actually like the, that's like the name should be the name of their like group biography yeah <laughs> which i'm sure will be forthcoming in about 20 years new york um, times bestseller yeah so there's a couple of difference uh different differences between social and parasocial relationships um concerning like relational maintenance um like in a social uh relationship just like with people in real life you have things like positive reinforcement physical interaction verbalizing fondness affirmation tasks task sharing stuff like that but in parasocial it's a lot of like i i almost said voyeur type stuff which kind of it Mm. kind of is because it's like watching streams just subscribing to content feeds uh participation in online forums where you could or could not be anonymous uh just donating or to like patreons and paying for subscriptions or like creating fan art so it's again very one-sided right um there is also sort of this increased sense of knowing quote unquote the personas or the perception of a parasocial interaction as having like a high reward and no chance of rejection um historically though parasocial relationships were viewed as pathological and a symptom of loneliness isolation and social anxiety uh i found there was a study from like 1985 that said there wasn't a correlation between like loneliness and the intensity of a viewer's parasocial relationship with uh, on-screen characters this was specifically about television back then yeah um again when there wasn't the internet uh in 1985 right was there the internet in 1985 no when sir. was like the first not like what well, we know it the public internet i think right, i, I right. think there was something in the works Commuter, computers could talk to other computers right um, which is the internet other research has decreased the stigma of such relationships and sort of led clinicians to believe that such relationships can broaden one's social network rather than restrict it until of course they are used as a crutch for real relationships um this brings me to my next uh example of this where paris the advantages of a parasocial relationship for certain people because a lot of people um keep, i keep thinking that you're gonna say paris hilton relationship i keep thinking <laughs> i mean she's a parasocial relationship with paris hilton yeah that's there her new go. show um they can uh let's see they can be advantageous because of the support that the viewer gains from the persona in the absence of fear of rejection or ridicule from external parties i.e people that have psychological or physical disabilities. So people that can't go outside, people who are agoraphobic, like Mm -hmm. having your favorite streamer is kind of the only place that you get this interaction. Yeah. Mm. Go out and do stuff through the, like live through them. Yeah. Which unfortunately, um, and this was one of the things I was thinking about talking about as like a catch of the week, but does anybody know who corpse husband is? I know who oh. Corpse is. So, uh, I don't know if is they're the, the same, same person. Dude, the super fucking deep yeah, yeah, voice. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. His, <clears throat> yeah. So his whole whole name is Corpse Husband. He's a faceless streamer, and from what I gather, he reads creepy stories, right? <laughs> creepy pastas. He, he does a lot of things, but yeah, his voice really lends to... He also uh, raps. Uh, right. He, his, <laughs> his voice lends lend really well to reading the more creepy stuff. He also, during some COVID awareness 
thing that AOC was doing. Uh, he uh, did he Among was, Us. Yeah, he played Among Us with AOC. Oh, that's cool. And he's super... <laughs> she was like <coughs> losing her shit to his voice. He, she's yeah. like, I can't believe... It. It's as deep as it sounds. Like, it's like real. <laughs> so um, there was something that happened with Corpse Husband mm. a couple of days ago where like people leaked face like photos of his face on the internet oh really and yeah and so yeah like i said he's a faceless streamer so he keeps that shit really close to the chest and he's talked a lot about how he suffers from body dysmorphia and he has self-harmed in the past because of how self-conscious he is about his looks oh no internet oh no internet and he just i mean the so the thing here is that like no one actually knows if it's a photo of him it could just be some other 13 year old who's right. got like a swooshy bang situation yeah got just a seen haircut from myspace yeah just yep. looks like a normal person but like people immediately started to ridicule his appearance of course because one of the main draws uh with corpse husband is people always talk about how like sexy and uh how they're attracted to his voice they mm-hmm. are so they mm-hmm. again have built up this idea that he's super hot probably yeah if that's what his voice sounds like he's super can you hot. imagine what his dick sounds like <laughs> <laughs> yeah um <clears throat> I, wish I, I wish i could make my voice go as low as his though john have you heard it no you're gonna have to check it out yeah, yeah. it's awesome oh, yeah yeah <laughs> Not close? Not, it's still <laughs> it's not close no he just talks like <laughs> it's it's i don't know it's a I'll, whole thing guys yeah, yeah so i can never so, be as hot as uh, corpse husband's dick no never probably never, not ever no i don't think funny so. thing uh uh the <laughs> pictures revealed of his penis perfect penis oh <laughs> no one's seen just, a more perfect penis than corpse husband's like penis him. Yeah, everyone's like, you know, that guy's face is wrecked, but his dick <laughs> is a plus, baby. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. That's some extra credit. <laughs> oh, man. So no um, staying after class for you, unless it's for me. <laughs> Sorry, corpse this, husband. <laughs> I know. I I don't know how to feel about making jokes about this because it is like a real. It's it's really sad. It's like a bit real bummer that like somebody who has talked about. feelings of inadequacy or feeling that they're ugly their whole life and that's why they don't show their fucking face yeah to just there should be a collective sort of respect for that kind of thing like obviously you know you're going to generate curiosity some degree but like if there's a reason like somebody has like been vocal about not wanting to do something fucking Mm -hmm. respect it it's yeah that's their their decision to do that and mm-hmm. people need to be okay with that and live in the fact that hey sometimes things don't go exactly how you want them to yeah so well and also <laughs> like why ruin the why ruin the fantasy too exactly like yeah. that's such part of the draw the yeah the mystique yeah yeah yep, like yep, yep, why yep, would yep, you yep. ever want to ruin that like i get curiosity but like that it, it's it's you know less is more almost you know it's better mm. to just get a little bit and then let your because nothing will meet what you create in your mind right you can create entire worlds in your mind but i personally never want to know what Buckethead's face look like yeah it's a perfect example yeah i love buck Buckethead's face as is is perfect his face yeah. to me is the fucking the white mask with <laughs> the bucket the kfc <laughs> yeah. bucket yeah that's it 
That's his fucking face. Yeah, he and, he he's like some sort of like otherworldly, other planar being. Mm-hmm. Like I love the white face and bucket because it's yeah. not of this earth, and that's so much better than anything that takes place here in the real world. Yeah. yeah. Did I need to see Kiss without their makeup? No, I didn't. No, no definitely no didn't. Did. <laughs> Regret it. Wish I could take it back. That one album that they did without the makeup, trash, throw it away. Bad. God, it's like when Metallica did the, was it Load or Reload where they all cut their hair? Yeah, uh, it was Load. Load, yeah. That was also like kind of seeing their true accountant faces. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> of all the metal bands, I wish that they had had always been wearing masks. Yeah. Yeah, just give me yeah. that voice in like I don't know a ram's head mask. Cool. Sure. Don't want to see your face ever, dude. Yeah, slip. Especially Lars, get masked. Get Lars Ulrich a fucking burlap sack to put over that mug. <laughs> Fuck that guy. I, well, the thing about the thing about Lars Ulrich is his tongue. You can't control the tongue. Oh God, I forgot about the tongue. It's so vivid in my mind right now. When he gets deep into that one fifty one sixty BPM four <laughs> Just on the floor, four shit on the floor. The is only- his fucking tongue starts going buck wild and you can't control it you can't put that snake back in the cage because the cage is just bars and the snake can always get out from bars are we even sure that he can (laughs) are we even sure that he can drum at 150 beats per minute i don't know that he can i don't think he can those those metal sticks are slowing him down so true. Oh, man. Um, so uh, I have a quote here from uh, Corpse. It says, I think I would be happier in a world where I could be myself openly and not worry about hiding from everybody. Uh, but I do think it's also the best decision for me because I don't think I could handle that many people judging me at once. So the fucking thing he didn't want to happen has happened. Yeah. And I am very sorry, Corpse husband. Um yeah, especially if it's if it's like a for like a I mean almost like a mental health reason versus like a I'm gonna monetize this reason, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. totally. Yeah, I'm sure somebody tried to sell his photo to DMZ or Daily Mail or some bullshit. Like, yeah, th- those things are mostly motivated. Yeah, totally. Um, so the last example and sort of uh, thing I want to talk about parasocial relationships was again another topic that I wanted to do a full episode on, but there's just so much fucking stuff out there. Mm. And um, I'll preface it by saying individuals with parasocial relationships often express appreciation towards their favorite personas for helping them get through tough times helping, um, you know, significantly shape their identity. Um, and the support that the parasocial relationship provides is of substantial value to the viewers that engage in them and provide a viable way to expand the individual's social networks. So again, sort of coming together, right? You find a bunch of people that are into this same thing as you. But the reason that you're into the same thing sometimes is the problem, right? So this person chris chan is oh no yeah who is it it was it was the australians that wrote in about this uh yeah he asked about this and we can't do a whole episode on this because it'd be a six-part series on chris chan he's literally the most documented internet persona in history he has oh to be. Is that a fact? Do you know if that's a fact? That's a fact. When I was looking up yeah, some of this stuff I about I, him, I believe that. Yeah. he is the most documented 
internet persona. So look, I took a crack at trying to consolidate that down to an hour's worth of material, and I was like, "There's no way." I, I, I just wasted six hours of my life. Nothing about this. <laughs> so I I didn't know anything about Chris Chan either. Like I've made Sonny Chu jokes in the past before, because that's yeah. kind of the only thing I knew about him, and that that's, I only picked up secondhand from like that's Reddit. The gateway drug, dude. Yeah. So Chris Jan- Chan like started posting i think internet content in 2007 but in 2004 he was making like essentially fan art uh that was a rip off of Sonic the Hedgehog uh Pokemon and Dragon Ball and then also some other stuff sprinkled in here and there um and i think maybe he posted it to like a deviant art or so i can't remember and it started to make the rounds because of how fucking terrible it was. I don't feel bad saying that about this. It's no, it's terrible. Okay. It's, it's it's understood critically that it is yeah. terrible. And that's part of like the reason it has so much. It's like it's so bad it's good sort of situation, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, Got it. it's terrible, terrible, but notable. Yeah. The problem here is that Chris Chan um, is autistic, is on the spectrum, and more recently transitioned. Um, I'm not sure what their pronouns are, so I'm just going to say Chris Chan because a lot of these articles didn't specify or they were using them interchangeably. Like some said she, some said they. So it's Chris Chan. Chris Chan, like I said, okay, (laughs) Jesus Christ, um, has a long storied history of problems. There are entire sagas about Chris Chan's life. Mm-hmm. that you can look up on like wikipedia and like know your meme and everything and it's essentially like interpersonal conflict that then is uploaded and that he would they would shit sorry they would put on youtube and um people would just ridicule them and mock them and that was the thing that brought this fan base this viewership relationship together um so uh i have a couple examples personal some of the stories in the insani chu included uh not being able to find a boyfriend free girlfriend murdering internet trolls Mm -hmm. that were obviously making fun of them um and including themselves into the story directly by being portrayed as a superhuman extremely intelligent and blessed by a god um I don't mm-hmm. really want to talk about the recent shit because it's super fucked up and it's not funny at all. Yep. Um, Quick Google search will wipe yeah, that out. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to, go for it. But like the entire social network that is built around Chris Chan is to solely ridicule and mock them and make fun of them. And it's super fucked up. And I know even just talking about this, it's not funny. I don't know where the jokes are going to come from. Mm. Um, Aside from the fact that like, there's just so much, so much nuance to a parasocial relationship and it it can be used for good and for bad. And I think that that's like (laughs) kind of, Kind of uh, the tagline for the show at this point is that the internet can be used for good and bad. Yeah, like we every, deserve it. We don't, and we could. We could, though. But yeah, yeah. we haven't proven ourselves because we... we keep touching well, the stove. <laughs> I think overwhelmingly we've proved ourselves not worthy of it, but there's so much money to be made on the internet that it is still here. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> also, our entire infrastructure is built around it now. Yeah, and it shouldn't be privatized. It should be um, it should be treated as a public utility. But anyway, that's another topic. <laughs> yeah, for so, a very serious podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I apologize for not very many laughs in this one. Um, I kind of had a feeling uh, that it might go this way. But um, I thought it was super interesting, and it it permeates. You just gotta tell the story. It permeates every aspect of the internet, so it's not something I think we could not talk about. And also, it gave me an opportunity to not really have to talk about the Chris Chan stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it really let me skirt around you that. Got a little little exit strategy there. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So um, I don't know. Do you guys have any final thoughts before we wrap up? Yeah, I mean, I think this is going to be something that maybe reaches an apex before there's some sort of correction at least like with our current state of things i think there's such easy access to a lot of these like minor celebrities to yeah. even larger celebrities that is like kind of astounding we've never been at a at a, an age in which you can access everyone the way that you can now yeah and i think that like Something bad's going to happen or something really great's going to happen. Well, something I, bad's going to happen. I also wonder if stuff like this, as it becomes more like talked about and discussed, if it's going to discourage people from creating content, from like oh, putting absolutely. themselves out there. You know what I absolutely. mean? And, and on the flip side, though, there are a lot of fucking narcissists in the world. And this might be right up your alley. <laughs> Go yeah. out there and do a stupid TikTok dance. And you can, you can, very true. you can be the next Charlie D'Amelio. That whole thing, by the way, is another instance of this where it's like, she just started dancing and randomly got a bunch of fame and now has a manager that are like, they're pushing her into doing stuff that she clearly doesn't look stoked to do. And like being taken advantage of by like businesses and brands there's a documentary on like hulu about the whole thing and it looks really sad Jesus. what's what uh what is this charlie d'amelio she's like the biggest tiktok person oh i've <clears throat> been seeing the ads for this thing yeah dixie and okay. charlie d'amelio um, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah 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 and they're teenagers like this is not some this is the exact shit that like bo burnham talks about like this should not be accessible mm -hmm. to people who are still developing yeah. this level of potential fame because it'll fuck you up they're like on their documentary they're like constantly like having nervous breakdowns and shit and they're like 18 yeah, years it. old so another example of a toxic parasocial relationship um be careful out there kids with your tiktok dances and your trends money is gonna get you a real good therapist you might get parasocialed. Watch out. <laughs> uh, all right. Thanks for listening. Hope this didn't bum you out too much. Bye. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope to see you again soon. This podcast is a product of Bird Bar Incorporated.